Welcome to the Stateside Spurs. Austin and Chris are joining me today. It's been a long two weeks, not even two weeks, 10, 11 days since the thrashing of Manchester United 6-1 at Old Trafford. We have survived the international break. Uh, no serious injuries to uh, to speak about. Austin, how are you feeling today? Can't wait for Sunday. Uh, you missing Tottenham? It's been what uh, almost you know, it'll be two weeks on Sunday. We haven't waited two weeks for a Tottenham game since, I guess, essentially that the the uh, quote unquote off season that was about uh, three to four weeks long. But yeah, no, yeah I mean, we got spoiled with so many games in such a short amount of time. To kind of go cold turkey like that for two weeks is a little rough. Yeah, yeah, Chris, how do you feel missing missing Tottenham? Yeah, it was weird because not only did we have so many games. But we did well with the crammed fixture schedule that we had. Like, we did really, really well with it. And I think a lot of people were kind of surprised by that. So it's really yeah. nice to come out of that break and, and be on such a good run. That's a great point. I want to ask you both. Uh, Austin, I'm going to start with you. If you think going into an inter- international break, would you rather come off of the 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 high of winning um, you know, three games on the trot essentially could have been six in a row if that Newcastle handball didn't happen. Uh, and then kind of that, that cooling off period before you come back two weeks later, or would you rather be, uh, and no one would rather be like losing of games, of course, but would you rather, you know, have a rough patch and have a chance to kind of, uh, regroup as a, as a, as a club. Do you feel like this is going to hurt us, hurt our momentum or only benefit it with players like Bale coming back into the squad? You know, I've, I've thought a lot about that, actually, because I've had a lot of time to think about a lot of Spurs-related <laughs> stuff in the past two weeks. But <laughs> my mind goes back to sixteen seventeen when we had this same exact October international break, and we had just beat Manchester City 2-0, and we were flying high. Harry Kane's injured. We go to international break. We come back. We draw four games in the Premier League in a row. We don't win any of our Champions League group stages, and by the next international break— we are drowning a little bit. Now, we ended that season brilliantly with 12 wins out of our last 13 matches, but we dug ourselves a huge hole because we didn't have depth, and the international break really ruined our momentum. I don't think that's going to happen to this team. We're too deep. We have too many veterans now, and Mourinho has had time these two weeks with so many of our players staying behind that did not go on international break. I'm not as worried this time, but, man, it, it sucks to get a national break right as you are – flying high it really yeah. is deflating chris any any difference of opinion on that you pretty you feel pretty confident that there's there's no momentum lost here even with this uh two-week break that we've seen from spurs i don't think it's a momentum break i think we went into it flying high and this came at the the right point to give us just two weeks of i i, I want to say it's rest but it wasn't rest because we had so many players go off on international duty but to austin's point we had a bunch of people stay behind and the players that stayed behind were some of the ones that needed to stay behind and work with Mourinho and integrate Bale into the squad. And I, I think this actually could end up being a, a good thing for us. I think it worked out well. Yeah, I mean, so let's talk about that. Um, players that went on an international break. For me, I was kind of surprised at the lack of Spurs players that went out and, and, and had a lot of minutes played. Do you think that's because Mourinho... Uh, was very adamant with the international coaches with with you know limiting their playing time. Um, I know Kane got about 90 minutes in today. Um, Dyer played, I believe, uh, earlier in the week or last week. Um, but f- from what I, I mean, Ben Davies, which you know, who cares? Um, <laughs> is there you know from our squad? It feels like we didn't have that many players go out. You know, Hugo played, but he's a, he's a goalie. I feel like he can play any game. Um, yeah, awesome. Well, to be fair, we didn't have a lot of players going out 
for Spurs because Mauricio Pochettino got us to a place where like three fourths of our squad were always playing internationals because yeah. that's just what happened and that's not that wasn't usual for Spurs before Pochettino. So we so got spoiled to, for a little bit. Yeah, we got spoiled for a while. I think like, you know, we, we didn't still, see like the likes of Delhi. We didn't see the likes of um, of Wings. Well, like South Americans didn't out. go play. South um, Americans didn't go. Ndombele did Ndombele go? Nope, Ndombele no. didn't. He wasn't called up. Soko. Yeah, but Doherty did play for Ireland. Yeah, he played three ninety minutes. Actually, I think he yes. played all three games. Yeah. We're gonna see Ria on Sunday. We'll get back in a second. But you saw Dari, uh Davies played all three matches. He capped in all three matches, I believe. Yeah, at this least is two. like Christmas for me. Ria and 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 Sergio starting well, Sergio, on Sunday. Sergio played at least two of the matches for Spain too. Yeah. He yeah, started yeah, at least two of the three as well. He's also like five years younger, and you know. Better, Actually, so. I think he's only a couple years younger than Davies. Davies yeah. is younger than I think. I think Davies is 25. Yeah, he's Davies not 25. Uh, uh, 27. He's 27. Okay, he's 27. Okay, okay. so he's four he turns, years. He turns 28 this year. Yeah. Well, that's how age works. But um, <laughs> um, we still had quite a few players going 27 out. 27 and a half, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we still had quite a few players going out, but we had Winks, Dyer, Tinganga all pull out, and it didn't sound like they had serious injuries and Delhi stayed behind. So we had more players staying behind than we ever than we yeah. have in the past five years. So yeah, I can get why you feel that way. And I think it's a good thing because we have a lot of players that what we want to integrate with the squad. And seeing Bale train within Dombele, for instance, was so awesome to see uh that pop up on social media. Yeah. I mean it's it's great. It's it's great to come back um, with no serious injuries, having Sun come back in the squad against United, having Bale training, looks like he's going to at least be on the bench, if not a surprise start on Sunday. Um, let's hop straight into West Ham. We have some other topics we'll cover after that, but the excitement of talking about Gareth Bale in a Spurs kit this Sunday, seven years removed from his departure to Real Madrid, Austin. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you to see Gareth Bale play in a Spurs kit? You're going to have to extend that range past 10. I don't think I don't think you can. I just, just don't made it 1 to 10 because, I mean, you can ask any of my really good buddies that when I first started watching soccer 10 years ago, uh, they, they were annoyed to death of me because I wouldn't shut up about Gareth Bale for like three straight years. And, um, yeah, to have him back in a Spurs kit, like, you know, I was listening to some other pods, and I think on the Fighting Cock they said this, where it's like, when he signed, it was exciting, but it just it still doesn't seem real. You see him doing the advertisements and like the the promos for us doesn't seem real. You see him on the training kit and the training ground, right? Um, knocking him in for fun still doesn't seem real. He'll probably be on the bench on Sunday. Still won't feel real when he comes onto the pitch. Probably coming on for Eric Lamella, I would I would guess. It's not going to feel real until he gets the ball at his feet and we hear the commentator say his name. It's it's just it's so surreal and I and I cannot wait and it's such a great match too for him to come back. I know the fans aren't there, but it's at our new stadium that he helped pay for with his transfer. It's against West Ham, who he's always enjoyed playing against and had one of his best ever Spurs goals against. Um, and it, it's in a, it's in a situation where we really need him, where we we really want to see if he can kind of. Um, be part of this really big Premier League squad. And, you know, we have we have four great, we'll talk about the schedule in a minute, but we have four really important games where they're all winnable to see if we can build momentum. So Yeah, Chris, Chris uh, thoughts? Do you think Bale starts on Sunday or he comes off the bench? Would I be surprised if he starts? No. Do I think he will actually start? No. He's, he's going to come off the bench. Um, he's going to get a run out for probably the last, like, 30 minutes of the game or so. Um... Now, again, I mean, <clears throat> nobody thought that Lamella was going to start against United. So it's not out of Mourinho's. Or Sun for that reason. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, it's it's not in and not out of the cards for Mourinho to just say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to throw him out there. Especially if he is as healthy as everybody talks about him being. I mean, he's it's like having a Ferrari that's been in a garage for a year and a half. It's just untouched and ready to go. So I'm, I'm, 
I'm probably like a 20 on a scale of one to 10 yeah. on how excited I am about this. It's going to be ridiculous. Let's talk. Uh, let's, let's, let's jump straight into lineups for this, this match. Um, there has been, uh, and correct me if I am wrong, but I believe Garrett Southgate um, or Gary Southgate, as uh, Mourinho likes to call him, uh, has had some uh, comments in the press about Harry Kane's fitness and uh, some uh, conversations that he's had with Mourinho. Uh, that being said, Kane played 90 minutes today, 90 plus minutes, uh, a man down because uh, Slabhead couldn't uh, stay on the pitch for longer than 31 minutes for England. Um, God, he sucks. Do we feel, um, let's just jump into lineups. Uh, do we feel like uh, Harry Kane starts? Is this a preview for uh, Carlos uh, Vinicius? Vinicius? I'm going to get Kane that name starts. right. Uh, Colin, did you just ask if Harry Kane starts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a bear shit in the start. A bear does shit in the woods. It's yeah. gonna be Kane and Son, but a bear uh, might shit in a porta potty as well. We don't know. Um, no, that that, that all of that that is just blue. I think he had, okay. he had a little bit of a tweak, and they kept him out for one game. He played one of three games. I know he played today, and it's the closest to Sunday, but he'll be fine. He's gonna play. Okay. There's no one, and he loves playing against West Ham. He, he loves playing against any London rival, especially West Ham, Chelsea, yeah. Arsenal. All right, so we have a fully fit squad. Uh, I don't think there's any ah, much. Lo not back yet. And Lo Celso, yeah, I was going to say Lo Celso is the one person that I feel like may not feature yeah, in this they, match. Um, and then I don't think Tanganga would have featured even if he was healthy. Maybe, maybe a spot on the bench, but yeah. uh, with that being said, not worried about the starting lineup when it comes to Tanganga. So with, let's just go ahead and presume that Lo Celso's out. Chris, starting lineup for uh, Sunday's match? Uh, Kane up top, Sun on the left. Um Let's go probably Lamella on the right uh, to start just because of what he's done. And then they pull him off at half. Um, maybe Ollie as the attacking mid. Um, let's go Ndombele as the other mid. Hoybear playing deep. And then Serge, uh, Dyer, Toby, Reggie. On the back, and then obviously Hugo's going to start. There's yeah, nobody yeah. else is going <laughs> to. Chris, Chris, did uh, did Sanchez play for Colombia in this international he break? He did. Yeah, okay. he did. Is that Sanchez. why you have a Dyer Toby shot because Sanchez? Yeah, is, is just Sanchez back, just back played. Dyer has been the preferred center back yeah, yeah. over Sanchez. Actually, I mean, if anybody's going to not make the starting lineup out of those three, it would end up being Dyer and Sanchez that starts, and Toby comes off, the, or Toby's on the bench. Yeah. If anything, uh, like if anybody's going to come out of that rotation. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. a few things that did happen this international break. A Toby didn't. Toby played for Belgium. I forgot about that. Dyer did pull out yep. of this last game for England, so he might have a slight knock. Um, with us having those three center backs that we seem to rotate pretty comfortably, Dyer may be the person that gets put on the bench just for concern. Um, like we do have quite a few uh, games coming up for the next three weeks, um, and Sanchez flying back from South America. Um, not really sure. I think their, their game was yesterday, so he should be back in London and, uh, today. Um, Austin, anything you want to change from Chris's lineup, or you feel pretty confident that that's going to be what we see? If 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 Dyer's fit, we're going to see the same exact lineup we played against Manchester United. Same exact lineup. We'll see in Don So, so go instead of Delhi. Yep, because that lineup worked so well, and West Ham's playing really well right now. I would expect us to roll roll with that same punch. Now, if, if Dyer's not fit, if that knock is serious, we'll worst would literally just plug and play all the wild in at that left center back spot. But no, I, I would expect us to play the same midfield three and the same front three. And then Delhi comes on for Ndombele, Bale comes on for Lamella, and then you have, you know, you either put an extra fullback on if we're holding on to a lead, or you put Bergwine or Lucas on for, for Sun or something up front. But um, no, I think we rolled the same exact lineup we yeah. played against Manchester United. They they all deserve to start again. They all played well, so they all deserve to play again. Uh, uh, it's really weird talking about that right wing spot, and like we're all talking about whether or not Bale would start or come off the bench for Lamella and not, not Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, yeah. And, I was about to say, you guys are both up. excluding Jose Mourinho's favorite. I'm not going to sing right now on the squad because if I sing, then everyone, no one will ever listen to our podcast again. But I want to sing Hallelujah because Lucas on the right has been. I, I really think, and we'll, we'll get to this later, but I think Lucas has a new spot in our team. I have a prediction on that. Is but that the bench? I know. No, well, no. 
he has I, and no he's a Marino favorite but Lamella if you're Lucas works hard for the team but we've all we just said last podcast Lamella is the most Mourinho player that's ever Mourinho'd in the existence of Mourinho yeah. I mean he he just he's the epitome of Jose Mourinho and he's at the he's probably playing the best he's played in a Spurs shirt let's be honest this is this is his eighth season yeah. at the club incoming incoming injury thanks Austin only the only time I'd ever seen him play better than he's playing right now is in the kind of half a season he had before the big injury grabbed him and he yeah. was out for so long. He was playing extremely 15, well 16. right before. Yeah, right before that injury hit. And then he disappeared and we kept thinking he was going to come back and get that Lamella, but never about Lamella. What's weird is that big injury you're talking about, Chris. He was absent for the entire 16-17 season, which happens to be our best season in Premier League history. <laughs> he was gone for that <laughs> season and half of the next one. And that yeah. was the season he was gone for. Because in 15-16, he actually played really well. I think that was the season we beat uh, City 4-1 without Kane. Um, with, with Delhi up front um, with, 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 with Lamella. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's been a role player for the last three years. And I think... While he's hot, Mourinho's going to roll with him. Yeah, good shouts. I'm going to disagree with you both. I think Bale gets a start on Sunday. I, I would love see, it. I think we see I Bale right. starting. I would 100% be this. happy about that. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be upset about that. Well, I do okay, think well, that... What? I'll ask a question after you go through your lineup. I have, I have yeah, no, my lineup's the same. It's a Sergio, um, uh, you know, a left back, Dyer, and Sanchez, as long as they are healthy. I wouldn't be surprised to see any rotation of those three, those three center backs. Um, and then I think we definitely see Serge at right back. And then we have, I'm going to agree with Chris here. I love to see Delhi and Dombele together. Nothing against Sissoko, but I would love to see if Delhi has, has kind of learned his lesson, right? Has he been taught that, uh, that Mourinho doesn't need him, but Mourinho wants him, but only if Delhi's going to put forth the effort. And so he's had two weeks. He didn't get picked for the English team um, for international break. Has he proved himself? at Hotspur Way on the training ground to prove that he can sit beside Ndombele and compete for that starting position. Hoiberg, hopefully, to start. I think it's a no-given. He played 90 today for Denmark. Uh, Winks, hopefully Winks does not see the starting lineup. I would hate to see a Winks, a Winks Hoiberg you pivot. hear that Hoiberg, like, 10 minutes into the game today, like, destroyed Kane on the ankle, right? Well, but, I thought he, like, didn't yeah. go in on a tackle, and then, like, 10 minutes after that, he went on a hard tackle. Yeah. Um, yeah. If that, if he were, man, man, <laughs> if he were to injure Kane in a fucking UEFA Nations, Nations League, League game, Mourinho yeah. would have his ass. You would not see Hoiberg on our team for, for a while. Benched for Winks for the rest yeah. of the season. Seriously, bench for freaking Jetson at CDM for the rest of the season <laughs> if that's what it came down to. Uh, and then I think we see uh, Sun, Kane, and Bale. And then I think the Premier League shits themselves if that's what we see. Because I think we can see an explosion um, that we have yet to see from those front three. Because if we can play the way Mourinho would like to play, he sets back and he plays counterattack with some of the most dangerous attacking players uh, the Premier League has seen in a decade? Two decades? I don't even know. Kane's going to drop back from playing that striker spot to a center forward where he sits deeper between those two and lets yeah. them make those slanting runs in front of him. That's what he's yeah. going to do. And then if you have a successful Deli and Ndombele, then they're creating space based off the dribble. I mean, the creativity, the speed, like, here we are. We're here. Well, what you guys are what you guys are describing is very Liverpool-esque, right? I mean, they've got... A three-man midfield that Don't drives the ball forward. Don't compare Firmino versus Kane is better than Firmino, but you got Salah and Mane who can create goals for themselves or for others. Firmino drops into that that false nine and drops deep, spreads the ball out, can can finish off goals. I think Man Firmino has scored in like eighteen Premier League games. Son is better than Mane. Kane is better than Firmino. Bale and Salah are pretty close. If you have to, if you're really being honest, if you're really, I, mean, being I would honest, take Salah for the last two, three years. I would take Salah if like but a peak un- Bale and peak Salah are very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so man Let's for man, our front three is better. But here's my question to you guys, and and I want to get back to Ollie for Ndombele when we talk about rotation or the squad over these next of our schedule because I think that's a good shout for him. But I want to ask you both a question: What is more entertaining for? A soccer fan, especially a Spurs supporter, 
Bale announced as a starter an hour before the match, or Bale announced on the bench in the whole entire match. You're just waiting. I don't you're want waiting. that. No, I don't want you're that. waiting for wins Bale coming off. No, because, I don't want that. Because I'll tell you, getting the start is, is exciting, but it's also super exciting to see a no, superstar. No, because all the commentators are talking down. about is, right. yeah. will we, when will we see Gareth Bale? When will we see Gareth Bale? I do not want the whole focus of the first 60 minutes of the game to be, when will Gareth Bale come onto the pitch? That's every not what I want. I don't want... Bench, yeah, or he's, he's oh, Gareth Bale's shirt. warming up. Like, then it's no longer about Tottenham, it's about Gareth Bale. Yeah, and I, I, think, he is, that. And I, I think that he is an amazing player. I don't want him to overshadow what this club is. For one and, game, for one game, I want him to overshadow everything. No, he's going to for for a while. Whether he starts or doesn't start, he's going to. The commentator is going to be talking about it. Uh, NBC or Peacock or whatever bullshit app that's streaming this game is going to be talking about it for 45 whoa, minutes whoa, leading up to our game. Person that I'm the one talks about that. <laughs> and I yeah. don't want it to completely take over the fact that we are more than Gareth Bale. We, you, we are, do, you think Marino's going to do something like he did against United where he plays Lamella for the first half and then brings him off right at halftime and then Bale comes back out. And yeah, I can see Lamella getting a, a yellow card and being on the brink of a red card in the first half against West Ham. No, he sends him out there to get somebody else a red card. He yeah, tries, yeah. His goal is to get somebody else on their team, like a Mark Noble sent off or something like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, West Ham is in great form. Uh, they are kind of in the same situation that we were in, flying high heading into the international break. Winning 4-0 against Wolves, 3-0 against Leicester City. Austin, Chris, concerned about West Ham and this match upon Sunday. Chris, take it first. Are you? Do you think that um, the bookies have us... Uh, let's see, let me check my sports book. Uh, we are almost 2-1 to favorites here. Um, seems like West Ham's not getting much respect. Are you concerned? Do you think that they have what it takes to uh, to give us some trouble on Sunday? I am concerned in that, yes, they are in good form. But I think with West Ham, there's always the potential for West Ham to show up. And by that, I mean the really shitty version of West Ham that can always show up and fuck up a game. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a very good chance that they could come out and play really well, but it's West Ham. That's... That's the hard part about West Ham. The West Ham I've always known is a West Ham that could show up and play really well, or they could show up and they could look like absolute dog shit for forty for ninety minutes, and they look like a championship team. Um, there are some threatening parts to their team, but there's no real outstanding player that I'm just like, uh, that guy. Um, I'm trying to. I'm looking through their roster right now, and I'm just kind of like, who do you worry about? Jared Bowen, uh, Declan Rice. Um, who else is in here that uh... Jared Bowen's a good shot, right? Austin Jared Bowen's the one that's uh, scoring goals that's for them. Right. He's kind of taking over the Mark Noble uh, spot as a um, Mr. West Ham. Mr. West Ham. <laughs> no, not not in the same position. I'm just saying as the uh, right. The, Declan you know, the, Rice the guy... is the big star, I think too. I think Declan Rice is the one they're all thinking is going to sell for big money. But he's been like that for yeah. a few years, right? But Declan, Declan Rice is a also a player who was trying to get out of that team for. Like he for what last this summer he was supposed to be leaving right but yeah, nobody really yeah, came yeah. for him. Yeah, Chelsea was gonna try to go for him. They're gonna get him in January, as is what I've kind of read. But that that's I don't want to spend any time talking about fucking Declan Rice. But <laughs> no, I agree with you, Chris. I mean, yes, I'm not really sure who to be scared of on this team. But here's the thing about West Ham, right? Going back to after they were relegated. Um, in 2010-2011. We've had a lot of... I mean, they've been dogfights. I mean, if you go back, they pulled um, a double on us a handful of years back. But if you go backwards from today, you know, we won won both matches uh, recently. But, I mean, it's been back and forth, back and forth. Lots of draws, lots of one-win games. The last time there was a game decided by more than one goal was... Almost five years ago, in November of 2015, when we won 4-1. Every game since then has been a draw or decided by one goal. It just is one of those things where West Ham is always going to show up against us, especially when they're playing bad. Now they're playing good, which almost makes me feel better about this. They're playing good. They go into international break. I think Mourinho, this is the exact type of team that Mourinho feels confident going into. He knows how to, how to limit them. He beat them last season. 
I, I, I'm not scared of them, but I have no... I, I am not one of these people who's like, we're going to put six past them. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a one or two goal game, no matter what happens. Chris, do you, do you, do you, do you remember that um, Marino's first game last season was against West Ham? Deli Alley's <laughs> flick on the sideline. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Up 3 0, only to the get other... a little nice tight butthole scare to, to come back 3 2. The other thing to think about with this, and it's good that Austin brought it up, is you got to remember West Ham is coached by David Moyes, who's not the most brilliant of tacticians as far as managers go. He's not terrible, but he's not great. It's, I could see Mourinho game planning this guy out of the stadium. Yeah. Two two United rejects face off. Well, you, Mourinho beat West Ham both times last season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we had the double over them. I can I, I can see it happening. So great. Let's jump into it. Predictions, Chris. What you got Sunday? Uh, three one Spurs. Who scores the goals? Um, da, 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 I think West Ham probably gets off the mark first. Oh, okay. No, right. that's it. They're, they're going to come in. They're going to have this super high flying. This is it. We're going to, we're going to, Tottenham is welcoming Gareth Bale and we're going to spoil the surprise. And like Antonio or somebody sneaks in a goal early. So they just completely, I, I don't know. I think they score early. And then as we do, uh, Kane sneaks one in. Uh, right before the half, Sun scores right after the half, and then Bale comes on and scores the third one. Ooh, that's a perfect day, huh? Other than the other than the lack of a clean sheet that we have yet to have this year. Yeah, um, I I just I can't see them not getting amped up enough to score one goal, and then get when full of will we get a clean sheet, Chris? When will we get a clean sheet? <laughs> Who do we What's... have to play? Fulham, probably. Um, no, I I think he's I, and, and who knows I may be wrong I think maybe maybe Mourinho has spent some time trying to sort out the back line but again Dyer has been gone Sanchez has been gone Oliveira has been gone for international so it's not as if he's had this opportunity to work with the back line and improve something there yeah and That's, again I think the goal that West Ham gets is probably going to be some fluky uh, corner that dribbles in a bottom corner that like. They just get lucky and grab. Yeah. To, so to uh, Austin, to, to kind of touch back on what Chris just said, to be fair, you know, and we, I think we are all um, very critical about this Tottenham defense. We've had some worldies scored against us this year. Mm-hmm. Clean sheet. And we've had some bullshit fucking penalties. Mm-hmm. So it has our, I don't think that our defense uh-huh. has been that bad. I think honestly, we could nope. have three or four clean sheets this year. If it wasn't for this stupid fucking handball rule that, that uh, the FA has implemented. And then on top of that, just these dudes from the middle of nowhere, uh, you know, the Austin King solvers of the world hitting, uh, hitting worldies from 30 yards out. Um, Austin, oh, how do you feel? About, how do you feel about our defense? I, I feel perfectly fine about our yeah, defense. Not concerned I mean, about it. I'm not really not concerned. I, and, and if you're not going to ask me a prediction, I predict 2 uh, no, 0. No, I was going to get there. First, results, the fact results that you're thinking a clean sheet is not looking good for us. But yeah, no, go ahead. 2 0. Huh? Results tend to repeat themselves in this matchup for some, for some unreal. I don't understand why, but they do. Our defense, I think, has been fine. I mean, Newcastle had one shot on target, and it was a penalty in the 97th minute. Um, Chelsea. Had a couple opportunities in the first half, and then one when Dyer ran off to shit himself in the, in in the in the in the locker room. In the but loo. They, in the yeah, loo. but they really didn't bother us most of that game, and and it was League Cup, but we had a rotated side. Um, United scored on a penalty and had a couple opportunities, bef- but not really. I mean, even before we they had Martial sent off. I mean, they were offside on their best chance where they hit the yeah, post. The post. Um, you know, uh, Southampton was the only team to score an open goal against us in Premier League right now. Um, so, and that was a, re- that was, that was a one piece Everton. of bad scene. Oh, I guess that was a free kick. Right. It was a free kick. Yep. Uh, in Premier League, only open, open play goal scored against us was Danny Ings and the ball over the top. That was the only piece of bad defending I've seen in the Premier League from us so far, honestly. So I'm not really concerned about it. Hoybeer is playing really well. Um, I think it'll be two nil because we'll, we'll score our first half goal. But we'll struggle, struggle, struggle to get that second goal, and we'll get it like after Bale comes on, like the seventy fifth, eightieth minute, and put it away. But I don't think they're going to challenge. I, I think it's going to be one of those games where they're going to defend. It'll be very much like the last time we played them. Yeah. I honestly see it playing out very similarly to when we played them in Project Restart. 
Does uh does Bale score, Austin? Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope it's I hope it's I hope it's I hope it's like a 30 yard screamer or a free kick because now we have a free kick specialist too. Let's be honest. Kane is not the best at free kicks. It's like direct free kicks. You don't like he thinks he is. Uh, I mean Dyer hits like one in every fifty, right? And there's a reason why. So are you um, saying that Bale is will be the if he is on the, yeah, the pitch, no, he will be Gareth Bale. Who's taking the ball off? Not even Kane's gonna take the ball off Gareth Bale. But PKs PKs are still Harry Kane, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But direct free kicks, scoring opportunity free kicks, Gareth Bale's taking every single one. Every if, single one of those, you know no. it's coming from Gareth Bale. Knuckleball. Knuckler. I yeah. still have the I still have images of uh, was against Leon in uh Europa League where we scored two knuckleball free kicks and we drew two two. God our team sucked back then. <laughs> Is uh are you wearing your bell kit on uh, Sunday, Austin? I got brand new 2020 bell kit home shirt. It, it's uh it's in the bedroom. Are you gonna send me are you gonna send me the old one that doesn't fit you anymore or what? No, that, 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 that's <laughs> my wife because it's small and I don't I used to be a, a size small, but I'm definitely not anymore. How much money would it cost me to get that bill kit off of you? Dude, you can wear it. There's no way you can wear a small. I'll lose weight, okay? <laughs> I might I fit lose. this kit. How big is this kit? That was I the, might, that was the first first Spurs kit I was ever – it was purchased for me for Christmas. It was the 2011-2012 kit with the uh, all-white with the collar, Chris. Uh, I have that one, but mine is Dembele. Yeah, so it was Bale 3. It was his, It was the year before uh... he switched 11. I have a Bale 3 kit and a Kane uh, 18 kit, but I don't have a Kane 10 or a Bale uh, 11. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it out. I'm going I'm to go ahead and put it out there. If Bale scores on Sunday, I will be purchasing my first Bale kit ever, but he has to score on Sunday. You gotta, if he I'm probably going to buy one of those he, anyway. But if he doesn't, I, he's going to have to wait until the, the kits go on sale in, in uh, June of next year. I don't um, think the bail kit's ever going on sale. Those nah, are they always they always go on sale. They always. In fact, Levy Levy's going to put a uh, a premium, a bail premium on it. He's like, I got to pay that transfer fee that we that we squandered away. Yeah, yeah. He time. will uh he will have to wait if he does not score unless he wins us some crazy trophy by getting a hat trick or something. Um, all right, great West Ham. I I'm gonna, I'll do a quick prediction here. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be a nice two one squeaky bum victory. Um, we go up to nil. They come back scoring a, uh, a a goal that doesn't mean shit in the, late in the second half, but it makes us blow up our group text message to freaking freaking out. Uh, <laughs> so that's my prediction. Uh, did we just predict three wins in a row again? We predicted the United, uh, and he, I think we predicted Mac- Maccabee of Haifa. Uh, and, and here we are again, three in a row. So um, we kind of touched on this. Bill looks like he's ready to go. He's been in training all week alongside Carlos uh, Vinicius. Am I saying that last name correctly? Vinicius. You can call him Vinicol. And yeah. You got, the, you got the nickname Vinicol. So you can call him Vinicol. Vinicol. I'm going to call him Carlos. Uh, Carlos is in training <laughs> as well. Do we Just like Pierre. Right, 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 Pierre, Steve, uh, Sergio. Like, screw all these last names, dude. Uh, Matt, I'm gonna start calling my boy Matt, the right back. Matt, who are you, Madonna? Who are you, Seal? You have one yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. name. <laughs> uh, do we think Carlos is on the bench on uh, Sunday? Yeah, Carlos is definitely. Yeah. Do, do we see a debut for Bale and Carlos on Sunday? No. I would expect Carlos to get a full full debut uh, Thursday. Lask. Lask. Yeah. Okay. Um, Easy to play for him a debut. So, Carlos was our last signing since we uh, recorded our last podcast. The transfer window has closed for, for Europe. Uh, Austin, you'll, I'll give you a chance to correct me if I'm wrong. I do believe we're still able to bring some players in from the championship and lower league, leagues yeah. of, the, of the English league. Excuse me. Um, we cannot so, register anyone else for Europe right now. We already registered our squad. So. Yeah, which is fine. I don't, whoever we bring in, I don't think it's going to make an immediate impact on our squad for Europe, uh, at least at the group stages. Um, Chris, from the Premier League, and if you need some time, take some time. Who won the transfer window? Um, and and I'll rate it one through three. I'll give you three teams. Who won the transfer window? Honestly, and this is, I mean, you're there's going to be so much bias here <laughs> because I look at what we did and we built so much depth out of our squad, like into the squad that 
I can't help but think that we probably had the best overall window. I think Chelsea probably came in second, but as much attacking depth as they bought, they still have a defense that's going to leak goals and they still failed to address problems. Even though everybody's like, oh, Chelsea obviously won it. They spent $250 million. Um, and then lastly, I'm trying to think of who else. Lastly is not a word. Um, who else can land in here that had a decent window? Everton. Actually, Everton probably comes in number two. I'd say us, Everton, and then Chelsea. Okay. Um, Austin, same question. Top three clubs in the EPL transfer window, grade them. One through three. Your mic is muted. muted. You're, you're muted. <laughs> but it, it was it was a beautiful thought that you had. Can you repeat I that? Think, uh, I think um, a lot of people are going to want to say Chelsea because they spent so much money and they bought a lot of fancy players. But Thiago Silva is underwhelming for me at, at, the, at his age. Chilwell's great business. And I think Kai Havers will come good and Warner will probably come good. But there's just a lot of unknowns there. They bought a lot of outside the league except for Chilwell. And I think... This is a lot of unknowns. I think Everton, for me, surprisingly won the window. Um, if they can stay healthy, having Alan Ducare and, and Rodriguez, they single hand. I mean, in one window, they just completely transformed their midfield. And now have players like Sigurdsson, who were key players to their club, are, are role players, are rotation players. Um, and if Calvert-Lewin is going to play all season like he's played so far, which is a big ask, but if he does... Um, I mean, I, it's hard to say they didn't win the window. Um, I think we're definitely in the top three, but I think you also have to look at Aston Villa. Um, good shot. Villa, yeah, Villa sure. getting Barkley on, getting Ollie Watkins, who's looking the part, Emilio Martinez, Traore, but Ross Barkley on loan, which, I mean, it's just crazy to me that Chelsea brought in all this talent and they paid so much money for Ross Barkley and made such a big deal about it, and now he's on loan. Um, I, I just don't get Chelsea at all, to be honest. And I mean, so I think Ross Barkley was like, you know, almost William close to being a Tottenham player, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Had a, he, he had was. A, um, he had a medical. Uh, it was at the end of a window. We yep. didn't sign him. And then the next window, he went to Chelsea. Well, so and the, the one that really kills me there is also Ollie Watkins because Watkins wanted to be all by all reports. Watkins wanted to come to Spurs. He wanted to, he wanted to learn behind Kane. And Levy didn't want to pay the money. I mean, he went for like what? What, what was it? Thirty mil or something? Yeah, like thirty million. It was once it became a championship striker, and yeah. he went to go work with. I mean, I think Villa's coach is his ex coach, right? His ex Brentford coach, I think, is what I heard. Um, so it makes sense. But I mean, he looks the part, man. I mean, I think Villa have to be number two. I think we actually had the second or third best window. I I don't think we had quite as good a window as Everton because ever. Everton went out and got these big players that they just don't usually get. Bale is a huge surprise. But all the other moves are very much in line with, with Daniel Levy moves, right? I mean, Regulon was a deal too good to pass up. Hoiberg is like the most Levy move ever. He got him for basically three mil by sending away Kyle Walker-Peters. Matt Doherty makes too much sense in the world. Like, honestly, I think we had a very Levy window outside of somehow managing to get bail back out of the blue. But Everton, I think, probably had the best window. And then I'd actually say probably Villa second and us third, to be honest. I mean, and that's just to say how good of a window Villa and Everton had. Not saying we had a bad window, but I definitely think uh, those two teams are, especially so far, just really showing great business. Yeah. And uh, I want to look at this from a bigger perspective. When My response is going to be more than just... Um, the table now as it sits, right? Like, yes, it's easy to say Everton had a great window, and I do think they had a great window. With that being said, they've had an injury to Allen, um, an, an injury to Richarlison. I'm not sure how they've recovered from that, but we'll see what their depth looks like. Um, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. I'm looking at their team, and as much as... And I, I think kind of the same thing may have happened. Chelsea obviously, obviously has more depth because they have 5 billion players on that squad. And they just loan them out like candy. But I look at this Everton team, 
And they bought a lot. They improved their starting lineup, and it almost feels like what Spurs had been doing for so long, exactly. where we had this great starting lineup. Yeah. But the moment a crack appeared in the starting lineup, and yeah. one of the bench players 16, had to step in. What happens when Calvert-Lewin goes down, right? What happens when Hamas gets a, a month-long injury? Who's going to supply that uh, distribution to that striker? So I think that yes, they had a great window. It can't you can't blame them for not signing seven players. You can't do that in one window. We've we 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 know that as a Tottenham supporter, you cannot go out there and just sign all these players. Um, so yes, they had a great window. Do I think it was the best? No. Do I think they are one of the most improved squads? Yes. Um, Aston Villa again, great shout. That was something that I was thinking. You bring in uh, Barkley. You bring in Ollie Watkins. Um, you bring in. Um, you know, uh, I'm gonna say his name, Martinez from Arsenal, who I think should have been the Martinez. starter. I think that he should have been the starter the way he finished the season in Arsenal last year. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. I think you guys are underselling Everton here. I mean, look at their forwards. I know that Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin yeah. are their starters, but they still have he? Bernard. They still, huh? No, they're forwards. This is all yeah. Bernard. They have Schenk Tosin scored some goals for him. Alex Wobie is decent. They have Balassi still there. None of those players get in. None of those players get in on no, our bench. but they're serviceable. That serviceable I, for a mid-table team. Yes, but what Everton's Everton? You have to look at what Everton's goal is this year. Their goal isn't to win. Yeah, that yeah. Game. No, no, I know. No, that's what I'm saying. They, it's a great start. Team. It's a great I, start for Ancelotti. He needs more than one window. Did he have a great yeah. window? Yes. Yes. But I, 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 I think it was the best windows because I think. When you think of like most valuable player, like the biggest impact, right? I think this window is going to move them from mid table to really like like Wolves or Sheffield or Leicester. Let me ask you a question then. Let's, let's skip. Honest, let's skip Austin. Let's skip the conversation. Let me just ask you a straight question, and we can make a bet on this. Is Everton <laughs> is Everton a top six team at the end of the year? Yes. I say no. What do you want to put on it? Um, I don't know because I think I think I think we already have seen United are probably going to have a, a huge fun. Uh, no, 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 no! You're going to explanations. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want to put on the bet? What are you want to put on? What do you pick? It? You going to put you, a bail jersey on it? You're the one who started that. You're the one who started the jersey. You're going to put a bail jersey, jersey on it. Up. I don't need a second. <laughs> you're not going to win it. Do you want to put a bail jersey for me on it or what? I tried to put a bell jersey on a bet earlier. Don't go to previous bets that, never, that were never made, Austin. What would you like to place on this wager that Everton do not finish in the top six? 50 bucks? Yeah, I'll do 50 bucks. 50 bucks. It's here on the podcast. You heard it here. First big boy bet. Uh, Everton do not finish top six. Uh, and I could be wrong. I just I feel like they're one or two serious injuries away from from seeing what we struggled with as a squad, uh, yeah. and this could be the season for them to make top six because you see the cities, Liverpool's, the United struggling. But Ancelotti's I don't think the impact. But, I mean, Ancelotti's won some big trophies, man. I think I think we're selling Everton short. I they look if they stay healthy, I lose and I pay fifty bucks. But I don't think that they can stay healthy. I mean, um, so let me finish. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The best made. We don't have to go into the best. Sigurdsson, Davies, Delph. He's serviceable for a while. You're living in 2015. When you're trying to get someone back healthy, I'm just saying they have some serviceable death to to paper over the cracks if people are hurt. Now, if Allen goes out for the whole year, yeah, I'm gonna lose the bet. But if Allen misses a month. I think the the bigger concerns are Hamas Rodriguez, uh, and then Calvert Lewin, and then uh, I believe Hamas Rodriguez is a is a is a is low key, possibly like player of the year type contender this year. Yeah, don't they call that premature ejaculating? That's what you're doing, Chris. Your mic's muted. I've seen something. Hamas Rodriguez have a great career so far, so it's not based off nothing. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's early into the Premier League. Let's wait. Teams are going to adapt, right, Chris? They're going to become more physical with Hamas. They're going to realize what you have to do to 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 slow down this Everton transition. He gets too much time on the ball right now. He's getting way yeah, too much time on the ball. Leicester won because Leicester won the the league. Is the league adapted so well to Leicester in fifteen sixteen? Right, like it's a different league. This yeah, is a different but league. But it, my Klopp wasn't that, in the league. That's Pep a lazy wasn't in the league. to make to say that the league's going to adapt. They never adapted to Conte in sixteen seventeen either. When it was those same exact 
formation every single game. Sometimes you just have the right players in the right spots. Sure. That's well, all. It's all out about of this healthy. window. I think Everton they did well to do what they had to do. They improved. They improved some positions. They got better in some some areas around the field. I just still think they have some weak spots where they could be potentially found out. And if the floor gets pulled out from under them, then they're going to have some problems. They're they're going to struggle. If something like say something does happen to Hamas, and you've got to go back to Gilfie Sigurdsson, who's been sitting on the bench for maybe two months at that time. But that being said. They're probably going to go back and do some business in January as well to look for maybe one or two reinforcements. Yeah. So there's a good chance that January brings them the depth that they need. So you yeah. never know. It's, you it's, do it, never it, know. It, it's a great window for them. Yes, they are top three. I would like to, to continue my thought process. Aston Villa, I think, won this window. In the sense of where they were last year, a, a, an own goal, or not own goal, a VAR goal that was messed up somehow uh, from being, uh, you know, in the championship. And here yeah. they are. They kept Jack Grealish. They signed a, a quality keeper. They get Ross Barkley alone, and they get a quality striker in Ollie Watkins. And they are now, in my eyes, a mid-table team. And for that, going from relegation to a mid-table team is huge. Um, I think the biggest thing out of that, uh, if they did nothing else but hold on to Jack Grealish, yeah, that's probably huge. all they really hoped for out of that window was just to keep him in a Villa shirt and keep United from stealing him away. Because I think that's where he was you know, headed. I mentioned yeah. Leicester in 15-16. The year before, they stayed up by one point. They did some business over the summer, and they came back and won a Premier League. I'm not saying I'm not saying Villa's going to win the Premier League this year. But what I'm saying is it's crazy how that happens sometimes, staying up by a single point. And then you do a little bit of business, and the whole team changes, right? I mean, I do. It's a great shout, Colin. About the yeah. Um, and then so I think we we had an excellent, excellent, excellent window. I, I think before happen. this window, we did not expect a lot. We wanted a right back. We wanted a CDM. We wanted a backup striker. Correct me if I'm wrong. No one thought we'd get a starting left back. No one thought we'd get Gareth Bale. And then no, what you thought we'd get a starting left back? I thought well, we'd get a backup. I, I, I early in this pod, I, I told you that left back was my was my primary position upgrade. I'm not right back. Well, but you might have you might have been one of the few, but I think a lot of people thought like because people hate on Surge too much. But yeah, as you as you would as agree with me, Colin, we were way well, I hate Ben Davies. Oh, I hate <laughs> Ben Davies. If that's what you're asking we, me, yes, I hate Ben Davies. To, to to underline your point, double underline your point. We needed two fullbacks, a CDM, and a backup striker. We got all that plus more. Yeah. yeah, right back was a position coming into this season where we needed depth. Left back was a position where we needed an overhaul. Like it's just that's really what it was. Is yeah. Serge was a good right back. Davies is a mid table right back <laughs> or left back. Sorry, um, but th- I think we're just as Spurs fans, we're just so used to going having transfer windows where we come out of the transfer window with gaps still that have been unaddressed. Places in the team where we just we could have bought a player, but Levy said, ah, "I don't want to pay the money. Uh, we'll just make do without it for right now," and that's what we're used to. So the idea that this window came, and somehow Mourinho got Levy to pony up money to fill so many gaps in the team, and complete the depth of, picture. And, and here's why I want to emphasize on why we did so well in this transfer window, is. We got a lot of loan deals. We didn't have to spend a lot of. We didn't spend a lot of money on on. Some would say some really really important signings in Gareth Bale and Carlos, my boy Carlos. I'm not saying his last name. Those are loan. <laughs> those are loan thought, deals. Yeah. You were saying it. it's Venetius. You're you're saying it. The Carlos Venetius. Those are loan deals that Venetius. we do not have to pony up the cash up front. But now, guys, if King goes down, we're not saying, oh, here goes Son playing out of position. We have a backup striker. We essentially signed one, two, three, four, five players that can start in our lineup, and we're not too concerned. I'm going to hold off on Carlos, um, my boy Steven, um, and, and I'll say that we have four essential starters this year that we have added to our squad, and Darty, Pierre, Sergio Regulon, and Bale. 
And then you add Joe Hart's loud leadership into the to the mix, and here we are. Like here we are. So I, I would say Villa one, Tottenham two, uh, Everton three, and um, I want to ask you both this because I think we all hate this team. And I, I don't. I'm not even talking about Chelsea. I'm talking about Arsenal. Arsenal's transfer window has been touted by pundits as a great transfer window. Austin, thoughts on Arsenal's transfer window? You know, I've seen that too, and it's funny because um, I've been converted as an athletic uh, reader recently. They are incredible. Like the journalism they do is just is just ridiculous. They had an article yeah. they put out earlier this week where they interviewed agents across like the top agents across Europe, and t- and, and tallied up their their survey results. They asked them all these survey questions, tallied up the results, and you know, obviously, one of the questions they asked is which club had the best window. And Arsenal came in sixth behind um, the three teams we talked about, Chelsea, Leeds, and Ch- Chelsea and Leeds, you know, equal with Everton, Liverpool. Only 4% of, of agents said Arsenal had the best window. Is it Leeds? Uh, yeah, Leeds had a better better window than them by, as, as far as the agents. Are we, are we ahead of Arsenal or no? Yeah, we're, we're, we're fourth behind Chelsea. Um, because you know Chelsea had the big name players, but yeah, um, it's just interesting because I, I don't understand where Arsenal has really improved their squad. I mean, they keep getting these defenders that just don't like you know, Colin. You know, I have a good friend that's an Arsenal supporter, and and early in the window, I was talking to him about it, and he was like, "Oh, we've got um, we got William Saliba. He's going to be our starter this year. He got loaned out. He's not even playing for him." Right. Like <laughs> like they get Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel's going to be amazing. Wow. Is he like they, again? It's just like Chelsea. They brought in a bunch of players. But. Do we really know they're all unknowns? The thing that that, that Spurs and 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 Aston Villa did really well is they brought in known quantities that they know are going to improve their squad right now. Right. Ross Barkley's been in the Premier League for years. They know he's going to improve their squad. Uh, you know, Emiliano Martinez played in the Premier League last year and was Arsenal's best keeper. He's better than Leno. I'm sorry, he's better than Leno. Yeah, and they brought him in. Um, so you know he's going to improve his squad. We brought in Hoybier, who was a captain of another Premier League squad. We know he's going to improve our team right now. Gareth Bale, we know he's going to improve our squad. Doherty was the best right back in the league at some points last year. Like, these teams that like to spend cash on foreign players is fine. But as we saw with the Bale 7, it doesn't always work out well. Um, so I think Arsenal is mainly in the, in the same Chelsea category, but not as expensive. Unknown yeah. quantities, but not as flashy, right? So I don't get I don't get the hype around them. I just still don't think their defense is good. They're starting David Luiz at center back. Do they really have to go? <laughs> yeah. The best back? thing that Arsenal did this window was keeping uh, getting Obama Yang to sign a new contract. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. their big. Yeah, they got Obama Yang to sign a new contract, and they now, got William for free. To be fair, Hardy could be a really huge signing for them. Yeah, Hardy he could, could be. be really, he could be. I, I don't know enough about the transfer. I mean, he was a big part of, of Atletico, I believe, but he could be. And I didn't think it was going to happen. It happened on deadline day. I did not believe it was going to happen. That If that works out well for him, I could see people touting this window. But yeah. they're, again, they're starting David Luiz at center back. They did not fix their defense if David Luiz is starting okay. a setback. Chris, should they have uh, released David Luiz instead of Gunasaurus Rex? Absolutely. No one should be employing David Luiz. It's just a – you shouldn't. It's, it's, it's a big, goofy <laughs> bastard at center back. I was like, how is – David That's Luiz so is still in this team. Mustafi is still in this team. Um, good guy. Yeah, we're complaining, we're complaining about center backs for our squad. But you look at Arsenal, and you're like, what? How is this not a priority? They they brought in Donny Sabalos, who didn't Donny Sabalos last season want to leave? He he kept asking to end his loan deal there early so he could go back to Madrid. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't getting any playing time. So I guess this year they promised him the playing time, I'm assuming. And for God's sake, they still have Ozil sitting on the bench collecting... Otil, Otil wasn't registered in Europe. They yeah. didn't register o- Otil for Europe, and they paid Your him a million dollar royalty bonus. Like he's just sitting there collecting a paycheck, and he's Stop still it. on the team, Stop. and he's getting that Danny Rose money, baby. Oh they're yeah, their defenders are Callum Chambers. Uh, Gabriel is 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 one of the ones they brought in, but Callum Chambers, Rob Holding, Mustafi, Pablo Mari, 
Socrates, David Luiz. Who are these? Like Kolasinic and Tierney. Tierney can't get on the pitch. He's like Lamelo with the injuries. Bellerin is probably their best defender. Such so as far as Mikey to play this year, but like, who is their? Where is their defense? If they're having Gabriel, they've had a like really, really, seven. really easy schedule. And the, when the the, the yeah. one tough game they had was Liverpool, and they got embarrassed that game. So what they're what they're probably going to do is, I think this season they're going to steal some points off of top six teams that have to attack them, so that they can play back and forth, and their attackers can get in and actually do something. But against a team that actually sits back and defends well and is organized, they're going to struggle to break them down, and they're going to end up losing to team to the Leeds Uniteds and the the bottom half teams that that they can't break down, um, and that's all they're going to do. I, I'd more than happily watch them languish in the middle of the table. <laughs> I think I, I agree that in end result, but I think it'll be the opposite. I think teams like Leeds will put them to the sword, but teams like Newcastle or or Burnley, they're going to be flat track bullies too. <laughs> but Leeds United attack way too much to. They're going to. They're going to. It's going to be like five three against Leeds United. They won't be able to defend. No against defense play. Con. It's just yeah, yeah. goals. Goal no, but but Aubameyang can score goals and Lacazette can score goals and you know if if William is a good signing for him, which William continues to do anything to make our lives difficult as Spurs fans. So I you know I can see them scoring goals, but against teams that have competent defenses. They're not going to be able to to go toe to toe with. That's why they got blown up by Liverpool, and that's why they'll get blown up by any good squad they play this year. Um, but I think they'll be flat track bullies on teams that don't have an attacking presence. That's yeah. about. It. And their all fans right. will be more than happy to be that. They'll they'll tout that all season long. <laughs> tired, Robbie. I'm tired. I'm tired, Robbie. All right, let's uh, let's we gotta wrap. We this devoted up. way too much time to that shit of a club. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Yeah. Let's move up. up. Uh, we're going to move on to the last thing I want to talk about. We have a few things we're going to skip over, um, but I want to talk about uh, the most exciting matchup this weekend, apart from uh, Tottenham versus West Ham. Chris, what are you looking forward to the most? What what Ooh. match on on the on the on the schedule are you looking forward to the most? And if you're not ready, Austin, I'll let you go first. I'm not ready. Everton Liverpool, Everton, Liverpool <laughs> is Saturday. That's going to be by far the most. Uh, that's a that's a mouthwatering matchup, right? Because we just talked about Everton. They possibly won the window. They had a top third window. Liverpool just got embarrassed for the first. When's the last time you saw Liverpool get embarrassed? It was maybe Klopp's first year. Um, it's a Merseyside derby. It was that four one win at at, uh, at at Wembley, right? When they pulled yeah. off. Um... Yeah. We were probably the last team well, to embarrass, to be honest, yeah. uh, except for when they got eliminated in the round of 16 in Champions League. But in the Premier League, we were probably the last team to embarrass them. So. No, City embarrassed them last year. Well, they, already, they? they already clinched. Uh, well, yeah. okay. But my point is, I think this is a derby that's been one-sided for a long time, and Everton are looking to make a statement. And Liverpool are looking to come back and, and say, we're still champions. This is going to be – and they've had two weeks to think about it. This is going to be, I, I mean, I tend to not sit down and watch entire matches that aren't Spurs. I'll watch bits and pieces. But there's two games this weekend, uh, this this match day, that I'm going to watch. This one, and I'm going to actually sit down and watch Leeds this weekend because you've been telling me that's, how fun they are to watch, Colin. That's what I was going to say. That Leeds-United-Wolves game could be a lot of fun, too. Yeah. That could be a lot of fun to watch. Don't know that I'm going to be able to sit through West Brom-Burnley. That looks just just awful. <laughs> That's why well, you're gonna the other match, though. I, I I can guess which match you're gonna. Chris, uh, Chris, I'll let you go. What's what's the next? Is, what's the match you're looking forward to the most? Is it the Leeds match, or is there another match it's, on here? It, I mean, the Everton Liverpool one is is hard to. That's hard to pass up. Um, Leeds United, Leeds and Wolves is probably the next one that I would sit down and watch. Um, trying to look through and see Crystal Palace, Brighton, Newcastle, and Man U. No. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm I go in and out of all of these games that aren't Spurs. Very, I'm like Austin. Very few times do I sit down and just watch someone else play as a casual observer. Um, so yeah, probably that Everton Liverpool game and then the Leeds United Wolves for me. All right, for me, I'm the opposite of both of you. I watch every game that I can. <laughs> um, Ooh, so I, humble. I just love the Premier League and what it stands for. 
Um, Everton Liverpool, I will watch. That's an early kickoff, 6.30 a.m. our time central here in Texas. Austin, you get to sleep an extra hour for that game. Uh, the There are two games that I really want to see. A, uh, the first one, uh, so my pick primarily would be Leicester versus Villa. I, I would love that. to see what is Villa made of? Uh, are they the real deal? Can you go into Leicester and, and, and knock off a team that just struggled against West Ham? Yeah. Or is uh, Leicester for real this year? And was that a fluke, that, that loss against West Ham? The other one is Man City Arsenal. I just want to see, uh, is this Pep's last year? Yes. Can Arsenal do something against Man City um, in in Manchester? So those are the two games I'm, I'm circling on my calendar, making sure that my, I have no meetings for work, that I'm going to be able to sit down and watch. Uh, Austin, do you want to say something about one of those games? Uh, yes, I mean, both those games, those are great shouts because Leicester is Vernon Rodgers at the helm. So you're always wondering, are they going to, are they going to keep good running going? Are they going to collapse into a black hole? Um, and we just talked about our Aston Villa's um, um, fantastic, you know, window. But squad City, in general, yeah. But City Arsenal is always, always fascinating to me because the past few years have not been kind to Arsenal in this matchup. We're going to go backwards from the most recent result, okay? 3-0 City, 3-0 City, 3-1 City, 2-0 City, 3-0 City. 3-1 City, and they finally had they had a draw in April of 2017, 2-2, um, right after City beat them 2-1. City have won the last six matchups and have scored, have beat them by two or three goals each time. Arsenal have been embarrassed by City for three straight years. Okay, okay, um, hold on, hold on. You ready? And they will be again this, this year. This is the mentor <laughs> versus the teach. Uh, yeah, this, exactly. You know, it's Pep it's versus uh, Arteta. Right? But here's the thing. You're saying all these Premier League fixtures, but who knocked City out of the FA Cup? It was Arsenal. Yeah. It was Arsenal. Did City so, care about the FA Cup? They were they were pretty much in for the Champions League at that point. I pretty don't I don't really think they really probably prepared too much for the FA Cup. I really think right now Pep is they have to win a Champions League with Pep. That's yeah. that is his number one priority right now. He has to win his group, not finish second, win his group. And win Champions League. The only way he sticks around past Christmas is if they're in a decent spot in the Premier League and they won their group in Champions League. That's all they care about. And so I don't really think the FA Cup matters. But in the in the league, they've pulled three doubles a row over over Arsenal. Arsenal has not won a match against them in four or five Premier League seasons. I I think this is a matchup where if Arsenal wants to show they're for real, there's no better way than going into Manchester and beating City on their ground, even if there's no fans there. So that's why I think it's a good shout, Colin, that this is going to be an interesting match because if Arsenal fail again and lose 3-1 again to the City team that has only had four points so far in the season, that's not a great look for Arteta, that that he's changed much of that club. Out by Christmas. Out by Christmas. Arteta? Christmas I, I, agree. I would love to see Arteta out by Christmas. <laughs> out by Christmas. I don't, I don't think that happens. I think it's what happens? What happens there. though if Pep is out and the and the job at City is open? Does Arteta Pochettino move to City? Yeah, they Pochettino's go for Pochettino's not taking a Premier League job unless I really don't. I, I, people keep saying he's going to go to United. That would be the worst decision ever. I hope for his sake. Yeah, he does not take a job in Manchester. Too, much, too, too many expectations for him to meet. Uh, at the end of the day, this is a great weekend. If we're going to take two weeks off from Premier League uh, soccer, this is a fantastic yeah, a good way weekend. To come back. With the exception of West Brom Burnley, that, that's a stinker. That's a, I have no... That's like 17 the Jets 18, and Bengals. Well, I think that, like and, and that and also the Sheffield-Fulham game, like I will definitely yeah. sleep through that one. Oh, on lot of... one I put, it on, put money on it right now. Fulham's going to lose 1-0, probably to a penalty. Against yeah. Sheffield tonight. That's going to be the most boring That's the game. the bottom ever. four teams in the table right now <laughs> playing. Yeah. They're oh, playing for the relegation lines in, that is in match just day five. Awful. Here we are. Does United beat Newcastle? Yes. Ooh. Maybe. That, if, that's a if, maybe. If that's not, not a given. Then, if not, then Ole doesn't make it till, until Christmas. Ole's not making it till Christmas. I don't Ole's know where anybody's getting that. Christmas. There's no he way. He's not keeping Christmas. that job through Christmas. He, yeah, no, I'm saying he doesn't make it to Christmas. I'm no. saying like it's like a Halloween gig that he he loses. Mm. Do you see um, the look on Ole? Uh, the look on his face was very very similar to um, I don't know if you 
you guys pro- uh, obviously remember this, but do you remember the Liverpool game where we got smashed and it was AVB's last game in charge? Yeah, and that the moment, Yeah, the moment that Liverpool smashed in that fourth goal, the cameras immediately dropped to AVB and the look on his face said, I'm fired. This is it his, for me. His mind I, was searching no. LinkedIn already. Yeah, he was yeah. already like, "I'm. I've got to update my this. I'm." And they fired him before he even left the stadium. Like he was gone. And that's yeah. what's going to happen to Ole. He's going to walk out. And I think before he goes, we're going to start seeing that man. U- yeah, that Man United team turn on him, and they're just going to devour themselves. Uh, it's it's going to be a. Oh, it's gonna, it's, be, gonna, it's be, gonna be fun to watch as a, yeah, as a Tottenham supporter. To watch them I think both Manchester City, both both Manchester clubs are gonna be going through turmoil this year, and I'm gonna love every minute of it. Yeah, every the, minute. Of the it. Premier League is wide open. Um, thank you both for joining uh, us uh, for joining me tonight. Uh, Fifty bucks, here, Colin. Fifty bucks, <laughs> and it's it's recorded. There's no going back on it. You have my Venmo. Um, here we are. Here we are. Match day five. Gareth Bale's return to. Uh, to Tottenham, we are fi- we finally made it. Seven long years. Uh, I've lost all my hair since then. Uh, Austin's married. Chris has a kid. Here we go. Uh, uh, come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs!